I'm going to talk about salt today. Everybody know what salt is? We need some, right? We need some salt. Everybody needs salt? Yeah, I've been like a little bit scared to eat. Can somebody give me something? Somebody go over there and give me a plate. Also, by the way, Jacob is <laughs> epitome of salt and light because uh, he went to a toga party last year for his work. <laughs> oh, birthday party. <laughs> Not work. And, uh, and then he, pray he started praying for people for healing because these are non-believers, some believers. And then he got a little crowd around him. How many guys know that's a good thing in the backyard? And then somebody said, pray for my girlfriend in Korea who has neuropathy, suffering for a year. Every day there's pain. And then, so he prayed for her over the phone, Korea. And just got the report that she said, oh my gosh, I think I'm healed. Because she hasn't had anything happen to her in three and a half weeks. So sent Jacob like a doctor's note that says she has neuropathy. Now we're waiting for the doctor to confirm that she's healed. But really, neuropathy is like a brain thing. So I don't know how they're going to figure out. But it's evidenced by no pain. Pain every day, no pain. That's a good thing, isn't it? Yeah. So that's what salt, being the salt means. It means going out there. A lot of times at church, we salt one another. Here's some salt. <laughs> this is church. Jesus said, Jesus didn't say, didn't say become salt. He said, you are the salt. You already are the salt. That is who you are. You can't, only way you not become salt, I'm going to tell you, is to contaminate yourself or hide yourself. So this is what we're doing at church every Sunday. Hi. You want some salt? Let's have some more salt. Hey, let's grow our salt. Oh, look at our church. Look at all the salt we got. Look at all the salt we got. Look at, aren't you proud of our salt? And Jesus said, that's worthless. Because you're not doing anything. You can't even eat salt by itself. It's poisonous. That's why most churches become poisonous eventually. It becomes toxic because all you're doing is like salting one another. Hallelujah to that word. God has called us to be the salt and light. Where is that in the Bible, Steve? Well, I will show you. <laughs> People always ask me that. Where is that in the Bible? Oh, my gosh. Matthew 5.13, you are the salt of the earth. If salt has lost its taste, how shall, it, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. We don't want to be trampled under people's feet, do we? You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Actually, the first church I planted here in Vancouver, I want it to be, I want it to be called the church on the hill. But somebody took it. Oh, my gosh. I was like... <laughs> 
I was like, I can't believe somebody took this. And it was like near my house, actually. I drove up. I'm like, there it is, Church on the Hill. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. I wanted to go in there, and I said, can you switch names? But it didn't. <laughs> a city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basement, but on a stand and give its light to all the house in the same way. Let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and give glory to God who is in heaven. And a lot of times we think of good works as like my, my good deeds, and although that does include it, but really the good works that God is talking about in Matthew is talking about Jesus sending out the 72, and he said, go heal the sick, cast out devils, raise the dead. How many of you guys know that God can raise the dead? <laughs> How many of you guys know God can raise the dead? Can we be honest? When I hear that, I'm like, yes. Yes, I read it, but like, do I really believe it? I agree with it. Technically, theologically, yes, that is what Jesus did. Kind of, I don't know. And then we out have a whole segment of a denomination that denies that. And it's very small cessationists that deny that and saying this is only for the 12, but never mind. Luke also tells us in Acts and then throughout church history, there's been evidence of so many people doing the works of Christ. Amen? They have to deny all of that for theology so that we can play, we can, we can be comfortable in not seeing God's work. How many of you guys know God, people use theology so that we feel comfortable just doing some good works, not the works of Christ? Amen? You guys want to know how my African, this might be a part two, is that okay? Just get comfortable. It'll, it'll save me some time next week too. You guys know my African friends? You know, you know how they raised the dead? You guys know how they raised the dead? Anybody? Did I tell the story? I asked my pastor friends in Africa. I have a friend in Simon. He said there's a baby that was dead in the womb. And it became hard, it became hard. And he prayed for the resurrection of that baby. And he was holding that baby. He said, this, you don't see this baby? He's dead in the womb. But when they start to give birth, her stomach became soft and gave birth. Come on. Can I hear amen to that? When I hear that, I'm like, oh, you know, I have people coming and said, I was diagnosed with AIDS with a few months to live. And then she's serving me food. She's like, here's another report that says I no longer have AIDS. These are people who serve me food. Because the miracles are rampant in Africa. Because they just believe. They don't just simply assent. They don't clap and go, yeah, that's for them. That's not for me. We don't see it because we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't agree fully and we don't believe. We believe is by action. So my African friends, they go to a village. Somebody's dead. And they've been, how, how long they've been dead? If they've been dead a long time, they, they actually have a systematic plan. They've been dead a long time. They simply just pray for them a few minutes and they say, we got to bury the dead body. They've been dead for a couple of days. They say, let's try. Because even the Jewish culture, the spirit hovers over dead body three days. That's why Jesus was in the tomb for three days. Just to let people know he's good and dead. <laughs> you guys know that? Yeah. That's why he waited for Lazarus. He, Lazarus is dead. He's like, oh, let's just wait for a while. So they don't know. It's just that the spirit just kind of came back. He said, I just want people to know he's really dead so I can raise him. <laughs> Come on, Jesus. So... So they go and they look at the body and they go, Jesus, if you want us to pray all night, just fasting and praying for this, 
this person to come back to life, let the heel become hot in my hands. You know the heel? You pray, and then if it's cold, they just pray for like 30 minutes now and say, oh yeah, God's not going to do it. But if they, they feel the heat, they're like, okay, it's on. They take off their jackets all night. <laughs> and many times people will come back to life. That's, that's normal Christianity. Do you understand? Well, it doesn't happen in Canada, in America. It doesn't happen in our world. Let's show that video of the doctor. It's, not a non, it's a non-Christian doctor. when the doctor told you uh, that they were going to sew him back up? And, uh, well, I thought he was crazy because the guy was right out and he was dead. There was blood on the ceiling because he got stabbed in the heart. Blood all around him. He had no pulse. He was lifeless. And the Christian doctor said, Dr. Forster, I'm, we're going to take him and we're going to try to revive him. And it was, a, it was actually miraculous because the guy was dead. He was completely bled out. And you don't open someone's chest in the ER and stick your finger in, in, in a hole that's, that's the last ditch effort. And I thought he was crazy, but uh, now in retrospect, it happened for a reason. And that basically changed my whole outlook on, on medicine. Wow. It was an amazing spiritual experience, and the guy was legit, and, and, and no one goes through something like that and makes that up, especially with such a person who said they woke up. And by looking at the deteriorating his eyes, he did think he died. Then that's hey, man. Okay, wow. See, we like, in our Western culture, because of the level of medis- medicine and science, we like go to that. We, we believe in medicine. We believe in science. But they cannot be our God. That cannot, when you depend on that only and the doctor's news and you go into that, then basically that medicine and science has become your God. Do you understand? We just heard about a guy who was diagnosed with uh, like a terminal disease and said you're going to die in three months and he said well 
can I die in four months so that I can spend Christmas and then maybe in the New Year? So he just kept saying, just make it to New Year so I can have one more Christmas. So he did. He just kept believing and hoping, and the doctors tried to do their best to keep him alive. So he survived until January 1st, and he died. When they opened him up, did an autopsy, they said, oh, yeah, his, uh, well, he shouldn't have died of this. The autopsy reports that it wasn't as bad as they thought. That's what happens when you trust in doctors and say they're the ultimate like, source of all things. You trust doctors, but you get different opinions. And at the end, the only opinion that matters is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Do you understand? Our friends, Joan and Chris, that come here, they had a newbie, 20, 22 weeks old. 20, like, should, be, should not be alive. Gordon Ramsay just had a premature birth of a 20-year-old baby. 20-week-old and died. And the, and, the, and the sickness of people to write, it was just flesh, not human being. It really, I don't blame them because that is their logic. You have to say that because logic follows that they're not human beings until they're born. So you have to follow that logic. Well, it was 20, what? it wasn't viable, it's just a fetus. Why he sad about it? Wrote that on his Instagram. But that is the logic. I don't blame those people because that's the logic you have to follow. Do you understand? But tell that to Gordon Ramsay face to face. You got Hell's Kitchen coming down on you. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So we, we have to trust in the Lord that is above culture. Because a lot of people think about culture this way. And Reinhardt, uh, Richard Niebuhr also, I had to teach this in university. And I don't want to go into the, he wrote a whole book. But I'm just going to give you the simplified version. Can you go to the slide? Keep going. Back. So, Christ, tra Christ tra transforms. So, when we're talking about being the salt, a lot of times, if you don't understand these concepts, you, you'll, you'll completely miss it. And a lot of you guys are like, not clear about how you should be engaging the culture. Okay? So, you can, be, you can believe in Christ of culture. You can believe in Christ against culture or Christ above culture. See the arrows? It's like, I'm of culture. When you say I'm of culture, it means like, basically... The world is good. People are beautiful. And I love, I love the arts, and I love this, and I love music, and I love Beyonce, I love Jada Cat. Even when they, demonic music, or what, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I don't listen to any of this stuff. I'm just spewing out whatever comes to my mind, just sticking to my brain. I don't know, Jada Cat, whatever. Jay-Z. That's all I know. Anyways, <laughs> do, you, do you understand? Even if they're we we wearing satanic garb, when Beyonce is wearing the Baphomet, which is the symbol of the devil, people don't go, people are like, oh, that's so fun. They're just making fun of, like, it's nothing. Devil's not real. I'm just like, oh, my gosh, you're in big trouble. When you're like, oh, I'm manifesting things into the air, and I heard that's a big thing now, I'm manifesting I'm going to make that happen. I'm going to make that happen. I'm like, you are agreeing with demonic forces. That's witchcraft contemporized. That's divination 
in contemporary language for you guys to understand, and it's going viral on TikTok, the devil's laughing at you. Because when you, when you manifest, it means that you're speaking things out in the air, and the demons will give you what you want, take your soul. Do you know that things can happen if you start saying it? It will happen. Because demons will come and make those things happen and make you go in that path and go, oh, wow, I have power to manifest things. You start doing that, you're inviting demonic forces into your life. Conversely, that's a counterfeit to what Jesus called us to, which is declare. Declare God's truth into the spiritual realm, and you will see angelic activity happening in your life. You have two choices. That's why it's important to confess, to declare. Don't give the enemy more tools than they need. Do you guys know the demon? I, I just actually, theologically, I believe that demons cannot read your mind. Only God can. God is omniscient, all-knowing, omnipotent, omnipresent. That's what makes him God. No other forces in the, in the world has those powers. Amen? Amen? So that means demons are created beings. They don't have those powers. That means everything they know about you is because they've studied you from birth. So it's almost like they know you inside out. They've known you more than your wife. They've been with you longer than your wife, your family. Your they've been studying you. They've known, they know you more than your parents because they're with you all the time, watching you. They know your weaknesses. They know what gets you down. So they can study you, but don't give them more food than they need by saying, oh, man, I'm going to get sick tomorrow. <laughs> I hope I don't get a cold. And bring somebody, the demons will come, bring Nathaniel sick. You know, Nathaniel, go to Isabel's house and breathe on her. <laughs> Nathaniel's like, I don't know, I feel, I feel like I should go and say hello to my cousin. <coughs> you I'm just I'm making joke of it, but you understand how the demons are trying to set things up in your life? Do not underestimate those powers. I'm not trying to say focus on demons. I'm saying Focus on the Lord Jesus. Amen. Spiritual warfare is going above that and focusing on who God is. So we are not of culture. We are distinct from culture. You lose your value once you start to assimilate with the culture. When Jesus says you are the salt, you don't even understand how valuable you are. When Jesus said they were salt, you, they don't understand. They, they completely knew. Those New Testament readers knew, but you guys don't know. It's just bunch of salt. Well, this is like Himalayan salt, so it's a little bit better. It's just salt. It's plethora. I just put on salt in my food. It flavors food. You don't understand what he meant. Homer called it divine. Plato called it the substance dear to the gods. One point in Greek history, salt would consider, well, it's considered so valuable, it was called theon, or divine. Shakespeare mentioned salt 17 times in his play. Leonardo da Vinci wanted to send a subtle message about purity laws when he painted the Last Supper in the painting, overturned salt cellar, and he put it right beside, can you turn up, take that picture? Right beside Judas. Have you ever, do you guys know the Da Vinci picture? That's actually not biblical. That picture, I just want to know, there was no tables. <laughs> but I just, he's just, 
okay? And then take, see that Da Vinci picture? Can you go to the next one? You zoom in. See, that's Judas. See the salt? It's spilt. He's sending a subtle message. He's saying Judas is not worth his salt. Okay. That's why in ancient Greece, trades involving exchange of salt for slaves gave rise to the expression, that slave is not worth the salt. I'm going to pay for it. See that, wor- did not see that phrase, idiom? It's not worth the salt. Can you guys turn the light back on? Salt rations were given to Roman soldiers as known as solarium argentinums, which is actually a forerunner of the English word salary. Thousands of Napoleon troops died during the retreat from Moscow because their wounds would not heal because their bodies lacked salt. Human body contains about four ounces of salt. Without enough of it, muscles won't contract, blood won't circulate, food won't digest, and the heart won't beat a beat. The Romans believed that nothing was more important and valuable than salt except the sun. When Jesus said in contextually what he's, when he's saying that in, this, in the Roman Pax Romana during the Roman peace and the Romans dominated the world, Romans believed salt was just below the sun in its value. And Jesus is saying, I am the sun. You are the salt. Come on, somebody. Not only salt is so valuable. He's saying salt is a preserving agent for that time. That's why it's valuable. They don't have fridges. So they had to salt the meat to preserve it. You know, they don't have fridges where you can put the meat and No, they salted, curated it to preserve the meat so they can eat the meat later. How many guys know you are the preserving agents of the world? When the world is going to the crapper, it's because the church refuses to be the salt. I never blame the government. People are like, it's the government. We've got to change the government. I'm like, it's not the government's fault. The government is representation of the people. If you don't like the government, you've got to change the church. The church is refusing to be who they are. Come on. Do you understand? If the church actually became who they are and believed in who they are, the world can change. In fact, you guys okay with what I'm talking about right now? Can you go to the 2% one? Okay. Robert Bella is a sociologist at the University of California at Berkeley. He did an interview. He said this, a quote. He's the head of Center for Japanese and Korean Studies there. Not a Christian, but he wrote this. We should not underestimate the significance of small, significance of a small group of people who have a new vision of just and gentle world. In Japan, a very small minority of Protestant Christians introduced ethics into politics and had an impact beyond all proportion to their numbers. They were central in the beginnings of the women's movement, labor unions, virtually every reform in Japan. Societal reform was by these Protestant Christians He said, then he added, the quality of the culture may be changed when 2% of the people really believe in who they are. Come on, somebody. 2%! If the society in a world we're living in 
is not changing, it means that we have less than 2% of people refusing to be who they are. And you don't have to do anything. You just got to be who you are and stop hiding yourself. Don't be of the world. Don't assimilate. Don't just accept everything and say, oh, that's cool. That's cool. I just like, I just want to have fun. That's cool. Be discerning. Understand how the enemy tries to take away your purity and distinction. Bishop Evan Berggray of the Norwegian Lutheran Church during World War II, he was held prisoner by the Nazis. It is reported that 11 men, 11 men rotational guard was changed constantly to prevent them coming under his strong spiritual influence. Did you just hear what I just said? He's in prison in a concentration camp, and the Nazis, like, every time we bring a soldier to guard him, they're starting to become Christian. We need to rotate. <laughs> can, can, can I hear an Amen. He's in prison. You, we'll be like, I, I don't know why. I'm not even a Jew. Why am I in prison? You, maybe we think that way. But he believed, okay, this life is short. Wherever I am, I got to be the salt. I am the preserving agent. I am the life giver here. I'm not going to be affected by my circumstances. I'm going to affect circumstances. <laughs> There's a, another guy, missionary to India, Gordon Maxwell. He asked a Hindu scholar to teach him the language. Hindu scholar replied, no, Sahib, I will not teach you the language. You would make me Christian. <laughs> Maxwell replied, you must understand me. I'm simply asking you to teach me how to speak your language. And the Hindu replied, no, Sahib, I will not teach you. No man can live with you and not be a Christian. That's salt. He's just like, just teach me the language. He's like, no, man, you're a your power of influence is something on you. It's like a shadow. Peter's shadow. When you go, when you walk around, there's something on you. And I am influenced by the presence that you carry. There's something on you. How valuable are you? You minimize your value because you don't understand who you are. You've got to be distinct. You can't dilute the salt. That's why in Matthew 5.13, it says, salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how could it be made salty again? So some people are like, how do you lose saltiness? Does anyone know? Jesus is talking about when salt is contaminated, and there's actually a story of a woman during that time. It's not a biblical story, but contemporary contemporaneous story in Jesus' time, there was a woman who went to the market to get her salt, and salesmen cheated her and put white sand in the salt. And the salt was no longer salt. It was contaminated, and so it was worth nothing. Because how do you actually take away the white sand from the salt? You guys understand? And he's referring to that kind of salt. He's also referring to the salt that's like extracted from the Dead Sea. With this, how many guys know the Dead Sea is very salty? And so when the rocks are just being kicked, like here's a rock, and just waves are crashing in on it, right? That's how the rocks became, there's salt, like particles, that's how you get salt. But 
also dirt in itself can be embedded on it. And there's an extraction process, but he's talking about that kind of salt. That salt is no good by itself. It has to be extracted. It has to be heated up. There has to be an extraction process. How many of you guys know when you become a Christian, the Lord is doing a sanctification work of extraction so that you become who you truly are? Amen? You don't have to, be, you don't have to feel shame and guilty. I am not salt. Oh, no. I am so contaminated. He's like, God is, as you surrender to him, he's putting a prime pressure and heat in your life, and he's doing that, and you're going through some trials. It's a test, a fire to extract the contamination from your life so that you can truly become who you're supposed to be. Amen? Amen. But if you don't, if you refuse, people, it, uh, this is too hard. They mix gypsum into the salt you guys okay? I feel like a professor today. I should. <laughs> you put gypsum into the salt, and the salt becomes a hardening agent. And so they would put it on the roads to make the roads hard, and nothing will grow on the roads. How many guys know when the world, the Dead Sea, sea is always a symbol of chaos and demonic activity in biblical times. When the Dead Sea is crashing on you, and you don't understand the purification process, and you just let that happen, you can start to become, when you become battered, you become bitter. When you become battered, you become bitter. And when you become bitter, it's a sim the word gypsum actually can mean bitter. So a bitter agent is added to your salt because you've been contaminated and it just... Refuse to be heated. You guys, are you guys following what I'm saying? And if you refuse to surrender to God, instead of becoming better, you become beater because you got battered. <laughs> I just made that up right now. <laughs> exactly. You're good for nothing except to harden roads. Your heart becomes hard. Nothing will grow where you go. Nothing will grow where you go, even as a believer of Jesus Christ. How many guys know Christians who are battered? Instead of getting better, they become bitter and they're trampled on. And all they talk about is how life is so hard. It's so hard. You know what? I don't know. I'm just barely hanging in there. The demons are like, oh, it's working. <laughs> Let's do more to make her barely hang in there. Life is so hard. Let's bring her more things to make it hard. Instead of going, God is good all the time. I may not be seeing it right now, but he's working a good plan for me. And ultimately, I will be with him forever. And I am the salt and the light of this world. And wherever I go, I'm going to shine. Wherever I go, I'm just going to go and let the salt preserve, and flavor people. How many guys know salt is good for food? Thank, I'm, I'm trying to lower my salt intake, but man, I miss it sometimes. In my salad, I'm like, put olive oil. Olive oil is good, but then I'm like, oh, a little bit of salt. <laughs> my wife's like, you, should, you need salt, honey, more salt. I'm like, no, but it's so good. I remember I had dinner with Bill Johnson. We got steak, and then he, looked, he just got the salt and just went, and it was crusted. It was like snow landed on the steak. And I looked at him. I'm like, this man likes salt. OMG. 
It's not good for him, but he likes it. He's like, mm-hmm, pepper. He's just like, salt and pepper. Wow. Do you understand? Salt is good. It's flavor. You are supposed to be the flavor. When you enter a room, you may not have to do anything. You just, you just be. You just exist. You just live. And then the whole atmosphere should lift. You guys understand? When I go to classroom on Mondays, you know Mondays? How many guys know Monday morning blues? Yes, I have a morning class Mondays. They always give me that class because they know I'm going to lift the room. I always get the Monday class. I'm like, why you always give me the Monday morning? Because nobody else wants it. So I go there and I go in and the, you know the students, oh, especially during midterms. You guys have midterms? You guys have midterms? Yes, it's a tough time. And then they're like, oh, midterms. And they're like so tired and their eyes look so dreary. You guys understand? I'm not, I'm not trying to like pump them up like a cheerleader. I just go up. I just come in and I'm just happy. I'm excited. Because Jesus is going to do something today. Hey, how are you doing? And then all of a sudden, they're like, we're okay, professor. How are you? I'm like, how are you? Tell me one thing that, tell me one good thing that happened to you this week. What am I doing? Changing their perspective. I want them to confess it. Tell me one thing, everybody. They're like, we're not going to start class today on one thing. And I threatened them, we're going to go longer. They're like, tell me, say something, say something. <laughs> Do you understand? You are the preserving agent. You are the joy carrier. You are, you are the light of the world. When he says you are a city on a hill and the light cannot be taken away, it means that Jerusalem built what we call Masada or, the, or, the, or like a fort on Masada, which is a hill. And they said that's the city where we're going to be protected from the Romans, which really actually happened in history. And that's it. That's the city, Jesus is saying. Can you see it? Wherever you go in Jerusalem, you can see it. Masada on the hill. We as a people should never hide what we believe. Never. Yeah, I don't, I don't. <sighs> you guys okay with this? <laughs> I don't know why you guys don't just come out. Just come out of the closet. Tell people, I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> Some of you guys are hiding. I'm like, I, I, I believe in God. I'm very spiritual. I'm like, what is the problem? If they have offense, they have offense. But you are called to change their offense. You are, the, you are not supposed to be defensive. You are supposed to be offensive. You, guys, you just got to let your light shine. You got to go to a restaurant and I'm like, thank you, Lord Jesus, for this food. People are like, hey, that's a good thing about living in a tolerant society, right? Or they're a bunch of hypocrites. Do you understand? Come out so that let the world know who you are and so they may see God's ways in your life. How will they know if they not hear and they hear through the word that is being manifested in your life. It's not just reading Bible verses to them. Do you understand? It's the living word being manifested through your life. People are watching. People watch me. People, my students watch me. They understand. That's why I always tell them, you guys know I love Jesus, right? They're like, yes. It's a Christian church. I go, no, no, no. I'm just not a Christian. I love Jesus Christ. 
He's my Lord. Okay, whatever. <laughs> but they know because of WeChat, everything that's happening in my life. Somebody tells me, you know what happened to, what happened to Professor and his family? They just, and they watch me. Do you understand? That's being the salt. And they would never know unless I told them all the time. I love the Lord Jesus. I could hear God. You know what God is saying to you? Do you understand what I'm trying to say? We are not of, but we are also not against. You guys okay? Five minutes? We are not against. Some people are like the Amish. The old, old school Mennonites. Everything of the world is bad. Nothing good. You'll be tainted. You'll be tainted from the world. Don't drink. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't play drums. I mean, the first church I went to, Presbyterian Church, is like, so, new associate pastor. He had all these English department and all the, like, teachers, and there were so many. It was a pretty big church. And they said, so, he put me on the spot and said, so, we got to get rid of the drums, right? I'm like, what you talking about? What are you talking about? We got to get rid of the guitar and the electric guitar. We got to go back to the piano and hymnals. And, I, and then all, my, all the teachers that I'm supposed to lead, my first meeting, they were like, oh my God, this elder is driving us crazy. And he was my superior. And how many guys know they're not paying me enough, so I didn't care if I get fired. <laughs> and I said, oh, excuse me, I don't think that's biblical. He's like, prove to me that piano is not, in the bu- is not a biblical instrument. I'm like, well, that's from the Reform- Protestant Reformation and just like classical music. But really, King David played the lyre, which is the guitar. Hello. <laughs> Clang your cymbals. Hello. And then there were all, the, all the teachers were like, <gasps> we love you already. We love you already. And, he's, uh, and then I go, well, uh, you know more about theology, so I'm going to debate with you. Okay, fine. And he stepped back. And I said, I challenged him. I'm like, man, why are you so against, so afraid? You know, when you grow up in Asian church, particularly because Asians are known to be uncertainty avoidance, and they're afraid a lot. That's a systematic study of the globe cultural dimension study that is just gold standard. It's the Asians have high level of uncertainty avoidance. That's why they, you have a spiritual principality, a demonic force of, in a whole culture of being worried and anxious. How many guys as Asians are worried and anxious? Amen? Amen? It's a power. It's a spiritual power. We want to so when you grow up in an Asian church, many churches, they're like, don't do that. Don't go out. Come to Bible study every night. This is it. This is our little cave. If you go out there, you'll be tainted and you'll be ruined and you're going to go to hell. But in the church, you'll be safe, which is completely unbiblical. Actually, Jeremiah 29, Jeremiah told Hananiah, who was a prophet, and said, Babylon, escape it. It's evil. Get out of there. He was partly true, but he said, get out of there. Don't even get involved. And Jeremiah, in 20, chapter 28 and 29, he says this, you are a false prophet. And Jeremiah told the Israelites, go into Babylon. Have children. Bless the country. Bless the nation. Live. 
be the salt. And God will restore your fortunes. Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you. Give you hope in a future. You guys like that verse? In the context of Babylon, he said, Go into that evil country and be the salt. Daniel, go into that country and be the salt. Stand out. Do it differently. Be distinct. If they force you to eat meat you're not supposed to eat, say, I will not eat that meat. I will be a vegetarian. Do you understand? Do it differently. I ha- I'm tired of fear-based Christianity. Don't, don't, don't. Don't do this. Don't do that. What am I not supposed to do? You guys understanding what I'm trying to say? Hear my heart. I want Rain City to be a doing Christianity. Amen. Why don't you go out and try it? Be more confident in God's protection over you. Be more confident in the fact that God will give you bread when you ask for bread, not snake. So many Christians like, if I ask for bread, he gave me snake. What in the world kind of theology, what are you saying about God's nature? Do you understand? (sighs) Go back. I'll end with this. Two minutes. Go back to the... No... Yes. Sorry, Anson, you're doing a great job. (laughs) So we're not of the culture. We're not against the culture. But we're above the culture. And we're pressing heaven down to earth. Yes, there's beautiful things. The world is in paradox. There's evil and good. There's heaven and hell. You'll see glimpses of it. Anytime you want to see, you will see it. Don't put your hand in the head in the sand, so to speak, and pretend everything's rosy. Don't put your head in the sand and ev- pretend everything is bad. Amen? We're not living... Man, you guys, are, you guys are blessed that you're not living in the times during the World War I, World War II, when millions have died. And you, got, you didn't get conscripted. Okay, Tyler's a strong man. You're going to war. Do you understand? <laughs> We're living in a different time. There's evil and good. God's kingdom is advancing. The enemy's kingdom is advancing through the agents of humanity. You guys understand? So we have to understand what God wants to do and rise above it and be the preserving agents. You only lose your ability to do that when you don't go out there and rub into anything. Sprinkle yourself. Get out there. Oh, I don't know how to evangelize. Just worship the Lord Jesus in the marketplace and let the presence of God do its work. Let the presence of God do its work. You are the preview of heaven to the people who are dying. Your life is a sample of God's goodness to people who are in despair. You! Don't wait for an angel to come to their life. You are the messenger. In the Old Testament, when they said the messenger in Hebrew, melech, actually it meant people. It could be angels or it could be people, messengers of God, coming to your life in a time of need. Be the messengers. Be heaven and earth for your friends. Amen? Okay, that's all I got to say today, but... Why don't we stand? I want to show that video of Justin Bieber. I know you guys are laughing, but can you hold on for a second?
Well, then, when I was in my network in California, Harvest International Ministries, um, the leader said, hey, you know Justin Bieber's mom goes to our church? And I said, so, that's great. And he said, yeah, she's Canadian. I go, yes, I know, from Sarnia, Ontario. And then he said, I prophesied that Justin Bieber's going to turn around. And this is when he was acting a fool. <laughs> Peeing in nightclubs. And I was like, what? And then I told him, I said, are you sure, Justin Bieber? He's all gone. He's gone. Don't, let's not ascribe to him like a Christian label because he's going to bring us down. He said, no, no, you don't know the work of redemption. We've been praying for him. And his mom is being the salt in his life. And then all of a sudden, he did this. Play. Is it patient? No, not that one. <laughs> I just want to know what it looks like to love people, you know. I want to know that Jesus, who goes to where the broken people are. No one's got it together, you know. We do got a hope. Jesus and he's changed my life. He's changed my life. He's changed my life. And some of you, I don't know, um, you might not be used to this kind of atmosphere, but what you're feeling right now is the presence of God. And he doesn't, he doesn't need perfect people. He just wants to use average, ordinary, broken people like us. You know? All right. And then obviously he's at a Christian event, but I've seen so many videos of him at like concerts talking about Jesus. If Justin Bieber's not afraid, I think you should tell people that you love Jesus. Can you guys raise your hands and tell somebody this week that you love Jesus? Don't don't contaminate your message by saying, I love God. Because that can mean anything. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? I don't want to invite controversy. You know what controversy means? When people are stirred up, it means that the Lord wants to do something in their life. Not everyone, but some. Secondly, don't ever think, I'm not ready to be salt. You are salt, whether you like it or not. Do you understand? Only thing that you unsalt yourself is to cover yourself or contaminate yourself. And contaminate yourself being accepting of everything. Be discerning. But Justin Bieber, he had a platform. And my mentor said he has a great platform and he's going to bring many people to Jesus. And I really didn't believe him be honest, because I was very judgmental. But you know what? Through his all and ups and downs, that was God's redemptive work. Do you think God was worried and he was like judging him and going, Justin, I have a call for you. Man, you lost it. You lost it. No, he's saying, I love you, son. Through his mom, who's a salt. I love you, son. You still have that calling. Okay, you peed on that nightclub floor. and It's okay, son. 
we got to get, get up again. I love you, son. The love of Christ brings people to repentance. And he just got it one day. And he realized he needs Jesus. You guys understanding what I'm saying? So you might have a past. You might have things you're struggling with. It doesn't matter. Let people see it. Don't lament in it and go, yeah, I'm just going through a hard time. You say, well, I am. But you know what? But Jesus. You always tell people, you know, people ask me, how, how are you doing? I just met a friend t- this week. And then it's like, how are you doing this past year? I said, man, it's been tough. But let me tell you something. I said with a smile, but Jesus, I'm good. And then he was like, really? Yeah, I'm good. Are you faking it? No. I'm good. I'm a human being. My flesh cries out, why? But my spirit says, why not? He can do all things. I trust him. You got to be on that platform. Let your light shine. Let people know. Okay? That's why we have a new building. We're going to get a bigger building with all these empty seats. You know why? You know why? You know why? Because I want you to come in and go, holy cow. This place is empty. Because every seat represents a believer that has gone astray, an unbeliever. Every seat represents somebody who needs deliverance, salvation, and the love of Jesus. I've done it before. Brought them to a 500 seat seating. Nobody there. And I said, look around. You've got to fill this. Within three years, it was filled. Remember Isabel? She was a little kid on stage dancing with all these people worshiping God. Many of them were non-believers. Amen? Amen. So lift up your hands. Ready to be salt? Just let that just sink in. Just let it shine. Be yourself. Be who you are. Be authentic. Holy Spirit, come. Let's just take off all the clothing of shame and guilt or, or like fear. Just, just take it off. If your friend doesn't want to be your friend because you're a Christian, not even a Christian, you should say, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. That's what you should say. So that they are very clear. And if they're offended that, by that, then they're not really your friend. They may have questions you say, you know, let's debate that later. But I just want to share my testimony with you. Amen? Yeah. Come out. Let your light shine. Be the salt. So help rain city to rain in the city by being salt and the light. We give you all the glory. Jesus, you are God. You are our friend. Holy Spirit, come. Convict us this week to be salt and the light. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord.